Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a business strategist where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. And today, I have an awesome guest. He's a public figure, media brand authority expert, TV host, MC, presentation coach, media coach, host of NSA Behind the Stage, and the CEO of Rock the Stage Media. And he helps you to hone your media skills, to stand out from the crowd, and be the go-to expert in your field. Welcome, Rich Trigger Bontrager, and thank you for being on my show. Aiden, thanks for having me on. This is great. Uh, Australia meets Washington, D.C. Wonderful way to spend time. Definitely, mate. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show from uh, all over the seas and what we're bringing to uh, Magic here for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've been a professional broadcaster, TV media host for over 30 years. Uh, I started off in radio. Uh, and the interesting part of my story is I have overcome a lifelong stutter to get in the media, professional media. I was told I would never happen. Uh, even my college professor, my family and friends says, that's a great dream. We would love to have you do it. You have a great voice. And it's never going to happen. Uh, and I've learned tips and tricks and ways to get around the stutter. And now I've had a, a very enjoyable career of over 30 years behind the microphone, behind the camera. Now I spend my career helping other people learn how to do what I do. Uh, we've all jumped on Zoom. We all have a media-centric life now. So I coach and equip people, like you said during the introduction, to shine on camera and stage. Uh, these media skills are now a part of business. It's a part of life. It's an everyday occurrence, but you don't have 30 years experience. I do. So I'm leveraging my stuff to help Others shine brighter, and I love doing this type of stuff every day. There's nothing better than being on a camera, being on a call, helping other people shine. Yeah, awesome, mate. Definitely awesome. I'm sure it's going to be a powerful episode today with all of your experience. And I think a, a great way place to start is our personal brand, right? Because you know we're you know that we have business brands or whatever we're doing, but us, you know, people buy people a lot of the time. So um, I think you know it's important that we have a personal brand. So. Let us, you know, go a little bit deeper on what a personal brand is, why it's important to have a personal brand, and then how can we enhance our personal brand as well? So the personal brand is not the colors on your website. A lot of people start that. They all start thinking about what's my brand, what's my image, what's my logo, what's my coffee mug going to look like? Okay, that's, that's a product of your brand. And most people have spent time thinking only about that brand image. It's important to have that, but it's more important now more than ever that you become the brand image, the brand ambassador. You are the authority. You are the genius of the book you wrote. You are the genius of the podcast. You are the genius of your the company. And now we need to elevate you at that level where people know and recognize you as that go-to authority. Whatever business you're in, even if you fix cars, you can be the go-to authority of high-end, high-performance race cars. You don't deal with the classic Volkswagen, you deal with Ferraris. Um, to elevate yourself as being that is a different game of who are you? What are your skills? Uh, what tips and tricks do you know that others don't know because they don't play in that field? It's now about amplifying that in a way that people will want to click on you, want to follow you, hire you because you are literally an expert in your field separate from anybody else. 
Yeah, awesome, mate. Love that. Definitely really powerful. And uh, there's so many levels, um, you know, to building our personal brand as well over time. And, you know, one of those elements, you know, you mentioned obviously with your massive amount of 30 years plus experience is is media, right? Um, yeah. you know, being in the media, you know, can give us a lot of exposure as well. So let's talk about it just from the big sense there of, of getting into the media. You know, what are some ways that we can do that, that we can actually get into the media? Because some people are like, how, how do I actually get there? So now, now more than ever, I'm coaching people on how to build their own media empire. This is now the easiest thing in the world to do, and we're doing it right now. Because of the pandemic now, the world's opened up, and we are on video calls. These are not video calls. I coach people to change their brainwaves and start thinking about, this is TV. We are literally on TV creating our own original content. Audio podcasts are different than TV podcasts. The audio is just the audio. So some things you do hand gestures, do stories on TV, you have to clarify if you're doing audio only. You have to learn the trades of this. But you can now be a book publisher and have your book and have a book launch party. You can amplify your authority with the book launch, audio book launch, virtual book launch like we're doing here, or you can do a hybrid event. You need to start learning how to leverage these media skills. You don't need the BBC anymore. You don't need ABC or whatever network that it was thousands upon thousands of dollars. Now, literally, you get to share your genius by producing your own content in a media savvy way, as I tell people. So people do want to like it, share it, click on it. And they want more content from you because you have the content. You just haven't produced it yet. Yeah, I love that. So powerful to reframe that in, in the way of people's minds and then putting it out there. I love that element there. And, you know, people will say, oh, that's great for you to say, Rich, you've got all this experience and things like that. But, you know, public speaking is, you know, I, I, I'm, that's tough for me. You know, it is one of the biggest learned fears, right, in the world. Yes. Um, people, don't, you know, don't want to make mistakes or or things like that. So what advice can you give people that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not worried about getting myself on camera in, you know, virtual, in person, whatever it is, how they can, I guess, shake that fear and, and become, you know, better public speakers? Public speaking is something I fought with Russell because of my stutter for many years. So I know that fear. The number one fear in the world is public speaking. Now we've added a camera. <laughs> so the fear has gone up a little bit. So the number one thing is you have to slow down your brain and your mouth and you need to come up with a way to balance the two out. That was my biggest issue with my stutter when I was a child. I had so much information I wanted to get out so fast, everybody. My mouth could not keep up with the speed of my brain. So you need to figure out what your rhythm, what your pace, what's your level of output, and how you can balance this out. Because you probably have great content. You have great information. But you don't know how to get it to come out in a way that will assemble, that will fall in people's ears right. So there's storytelling techniques. I can coach you on storytelling techniques to help you illustrate that wonderful point that you want to bring home to everybody. That's the power of public speaking. Public speaking also is like steering the ship. You have the bridge of the ship is your platform. Whatever your platform is, whatever your stage is, public speaking allows you to steer the ship of your company, steer the ship for product sales, for amplification. So learning these skills as a public speaker of, how to tell a great story, how to look people in the eye through the camera lens now and make it feel like you're having an intimate conversation. There's so much now that goes into public speaking. It's not just having a good voice and it's not just having a message. It's got entertainment. It's got story. It's got adventure. It's got call to action. There's all these elements that calls into 
being a great public speaker and it's all part of this new media world we live in yeah i love that and and you know one good key point that you touched on there was about the delivery and i think it's important just to highlight this now because you know people can feel the energy right when you speak and depending if you're a more of a left brain right brain person let's say the left brain person there might be a little bit more you know this is what i want to do and it's a little bit not as engaging right let's call it and mm -hmm. the right brainer might be a bit all over the place as well so um just what what tips you know can you add to this because i think it's important on you know not necessarily what we say but how we say it is important there to make sure that people are taking in the information and are and are going along the journey with us um as well that's that's critical so uh when i speak in front of a group that's more data driven they want the numbers they want the pie charts they want to have a powerpoint that's going to nauseate me but make them feel good um you have to tell a story. You have to learn to tell a story that illustrates the data you're sharing. Data without itself is just data for the mind. And some people get hungry and they love it and they chew it all up and everything else. The average person wants to know the data, but they want to know the outcome. They want to know the feel, the impact. How, how did buying that gadget that you told me is going to save me 50% of work time, how's it going to make me feel and how's it going to change my work environment? You need to bridge the gap between the data and the story and the experience. And that's where it all comes together. Data by itself, people will turn off. We know that. <laughs> so you need to learn this other part of the craft and vice versa. A story by itself. Um, I, I was just on a meetup group. I'm, I'm doing a live meetup group every month. We're doing open mic. I'm coaching them on the fact of just doing a story over and over again without a lesson, without something to illustrate, without something to extrapolate from the story as a teaching moment, you're wasting your breath giving a story. So it goes on both sides now. You need to use a story to amplify the numbers, but the numbers by themselves are worthless without a good story to support it. Yeah, love those extra points. Really powerful. Completely agree with that. And I know you're all about rocking the stage. And, we, you know, we could do this by, you know, speaking in person or virtually or hybrid now, like you mentioned earlier, you know, which is a powerful way. So just highlight the differences to people and what we need to be aware of, because there can be very different elements when we're speaking in these different. Mediums. So the first one is, again, because this is television, you need to think about what's happening here in the box. And most people think it's very limiting. I think it's very powerful if you learn how to leverage it. So on the big stage, we are told in classic live keynotes, you want to go big, you want to amplify, you want to overexpress, be very dramatic because the people in the back want to see you as much as the people in the front. So on the big stage, the live in-person in stage, we're doing a lot of this and a lot of this and we're shouting over here and talking over there and we're moving a lot back and forth. You can't do that here on the virtual stage or on the TV stage. So I coach this thing called chicken wings. You literally put up your arms. Come on, Ethan, play along with me. Come on. All the people are going to see him do it. And now you tuck in your arms like a chicken and you learn to do your hand gestures side to side, front, back. Now you don't want to go flush the camera because like you're going to smack the person on the other side. So there is a distance you need to learn with the camera. But you can still express and talk and animate, but you can't do what you used to do. That's a big one. Another one is many speakers that I, uh, called me early on during pandemic said, this Zoom stuff, this virtual stuff is boring. I don't feel the energy. I don't feel the crowd. I just feel like I'm talking to a wall because I'm alone in my apartment. So I coach people to stand up. When you're doing, giving a keynote and presentation, you stand up. 
And every one of the people I coached that way literally said, what changed? Why do I feel different? What just happened? And all I did was put their brain back on stage because they stood up. They naturally went back to performance mode. It's such an easy thing, but so many of us are not going into performance mode. We're trying to be a talk show host and we're trying to be very stoic and serious when you want to engage and impact people, stand up, have that freedom. This is your stage. This is literally your stage. It doesn't matter if you're in your office, in your apartment, wherever you're at, this is your new stage. And by fully using your body language, which 70% of what we communicate is nonverbal. So you need to get up, express yourself, have the fullest engagement through this amazing lens. Yeah, I love that. Completely agree with that. And, you know, I have a standing desk at home for that reason as well. So when I'm delivering something, you know, powerfully, then I'm always standing uh, because, yeah, you can feel the energy more, even if you, you know, you haven't spoken on stage before, you know, there's, there's definitely a difference, um, you know, to do that. Uh, when you're delivering something important. Uh, so I completely agree with there. I think another point, you know, I, I've got a, a bit of a setup. I'm sure yours is a lot better than mine with what you do of how you set up your space, right? As well at yes. home with your lighting and, and other sort of technological elements to, you know, maybe could even be a flip chart or something, you know, that you can put into it. Mm -hmm. So what tips can you give people about, you know, the importance around that and what things they could, you know, put into their space as well? So keep it simple. <laughs> uh, too many people bought too many gadgets too fast. When pandemic first hit, everyone bought every light, every mic, every switchboard, sound effect board, and they got them home and they said, great, I got all the toys. I have no idea what to do with these. <laughs> and many of them literally put them back in the closet and they went back to talking to the laptop, even without a microphone. They just said, I just give up. The fact is, a good lights do make a difference. Um, put your light stands, you have light streets, put one at... 10 o'clock, one at two o'clock, it's old theater. So the light goes across through you to give you a, a good full face. Use a ring light if you want. So the ring light's right in front of you. And again, the full face. Now the thing is, audio is really more important than video even. People will watch a bad video, but if you have great audio, they'll keep tuned in because they wanna hear the information. And the studies are showing more and more people are streaming content like this, but more and more of them are just listening than watching. Don't stop videotaping, please don't stop. But that's the reality of some of this right now. So you have to learn how to use the tools. I mean, a great microphone does make a difference. Um, I have gone from the laptop uh, to a lapel mic that I clipped on. I, mean, I do a lot of standing and moving and teaching that way to a different microphone that I had a boom mic for a while. And then I just got this brand new roadcaster, which is a great roadcaster machine. So I advise people to scale it and grow it going up, but don't go all in expecting you're going to know it. Um, I coach people. My direction is I'm going to coach you first. You are the centerpiece of everything. You are the most important tool that you could ever invest in. So learn the teaching skills, the, the, public speaking, use the body gestures, use all the things about you being the center of the media and then the other gadgets you add in. It's like adding salt to your French fries. You're adding some extra flavor and other pop, but you are always got to be the main tool. That's the most important thing. Yeah, love it. Awesome, mate. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about in-person events now because, you know, I think 
um, it's different, right? Not only because like we talked about what's in our space, because we've got a screen here, right? Um, you know, yep. with us, whether it's a virtual background, whether it's actually what's going on, right? You know, in there, um, you know, what's around you, you want to show. But then in, in an in an in-person event, when you're speaking, there's other things that, you know, can be around you that could enhance your personal brand or enhance, you know, the message that you're doing. So what tips can you give us about what we should be thinking about to maximize the delivery as well there? Whether you're in person or in hybrid, I'm going to touch on both here because this is your biggest billboard. You have a free billboard. People pay thousands upon thousands of dollars every month as you drive down the road and they see a billboard and it's selling, it's promoting, it's doing something. This is the, the billboard of your new business. So I encourage people to have a virtual backdrop to, if you're an author, put your book there, put your website there. Uh, if you're a car, again, going back to the car illustration, what type of cars do you work on? Put your website, put a Ferrari up there. You use this as a promotional tool because again, 70% of what we receive is nonverbal communication. When people see me on screen here, they see a media studio and I have several different backgrounds that I use. Immediately they know triggers media. This guy is a media junkie. He's a media expert. It helps elevate the brand without me saying a thing. Now, when you're live in person on a live stage or even hybrid stage, I encourage you to still dress the stage to communicate just as much as here virtually. Again, um, I did a whole talk live on stage where I had different props. I had a treasure chest. I had a big sword. I had other adventure things. And I was doing this thing about storytelling. But my whole stage was set up to illustrate different images and memories of things of books you've read movies you've experienced and i started with reading a little bit of the lord of the rings to begin this to take you into that adventure that environment brought people into everything else that i was going to talk about about the power of story because they were in the story there is so much more you can do with this for your brand again going back to authors create a library and even if you're traveling have some books on a stand different books put them up there on an awkward angle put yours upright if you are a car uh junkie if there's a way to get a car or a mock-up car on stage with you, put the car behind you. People are going to love that, that you literally have brought them into that environment. Um, too many people are just having a blank stage. Too many people are playing it simple instead of being the creative. The other thing about the, the live in-person stage right now, there's a major shift, and that is we used to get thousands of people to come to an event. Between COVID, air travel, hotels, prices right now, the venues are shrinking because people are not coming back in the thousands. The, the, the best impactful groups are between 200 and 500 people. But that makes a more intimate conversation now. It makes it, you're not doing a keynote with full energy. You're having a conversation that's sharing information, being of value with more direct access to less people who are willing to listen to you because they wanted to hear you at that event it's a big game changer but the intimacy factor goes up so those are some of the trends of the in-person and the marketing and branding um and again if if you do have a brand color um when i'm on stage blue is my color my logo has blue and gold and i wear blue so people know me when i come live i will have a blue shirt and jacket on guaranteed yeah, awesome, mate. Love all those extra tips there. Really important to yeah enhance the brand and, and bring those other elements to enhance the stories, um, like you mentioned as well. That's awesome. 
Um, and I know a big thing for, for speakers that I, I speak to is that they have like a speaking persona, right? Before they go on stage is, you know, there's a lot of talks about people flicking a switch, so to speak, and they, they become this different person, right? When they go on stage. So I'd like to hear your thoughts around, you know, speaking personas, you know, what it is, I guess, and how they can help us, you know, to um, get into the zone and deliver a message with more power. People are wanting authentic people on stage. Uh, we don't want to fake the fluff, the over-personified person. But there is performance to this. So I have my own ritual before every either live event, in-person, hybrid, virtual. Um, I will grab my phone and I will play Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. It's my way to get amped up, especially now that it's virtual a lot of the times. I don't have an audience. I've got me in my studio. So I use it. I play air guitar and I'm rocking backstage and people see me like, what the heck is he doing? I got my earbuds going. That's my way to set the engine. That's my way. So when they do the introduction, like you did earlier, the introduction is go and I step on stage and I go bang. I hit it with the same energy that the crowd is expecting me. You had a killer introduction. I think there is something to that to set yourself up with that type of energy. But then you need to go into that authentic mode. And that's why I think one of the first thing to do, your opening story of your speech, your keynote, needs to be a story, a story that reveals a little bit about you. Not your hero story. Lead with a story that you blew it, a pain story, something they understand who you are, what you're about, and what you're going to bring of value to them today. So you want to hit it with energy, but you want to hit it and be authentic and be real. Because if you stay up there as being the rock star, you can't do that for 45 minutes so and people aren't looking for that anymore they really are looking for i want to know you trust you like you so take off the mask get real but do it with everything you got pour out your energy um when when i get done with a full keynote i am wiped out because i left everything in the room that doesn't mean i fire hosed them it means i just gave you everything i had the best of me yeah that's awesome. Completely agree. That's the, the thing as well. When I found you almost have to give a little bit more on the virtual sense as well, right? So that people can feel yes. you can feel it, right? In the virtual sense, but you have to just step it up even another notch at the same time. A lot of people did not realize that because they thought this was going to be like robotic. And I coach people. I said, be prepared. When you're done doing a virtual and you do a really good virtual, you are going to feel it because you are. I have a great imagination. Ethan, I believe there's a thousand people right now watching us right here in my studio. I, my, my, my mind believes that. So I'm playing to a virtual imaginary crowd and I train myself that way. When you do that, you do pull yourself out, but it takes a different form of energy. So yeah, you get done, I get done. And I'm like, I can only do a couple of those a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I love the mindset elements here that you're putting through as well, Rich. There's a lot of gold here, everyone, about how right Rich is thinking and how he, you know, um, talks about his clients on how to think as well, because it's a powerful one to step into that mode as well there. And, um, you know, a big one now is podcasts, right? Like we're on here now. I know you've got your own podcast as well as as mine here. And um, they're becoming bigger and bigger, right? A lot more people are listening to them. You know, that's what the stats are showing. Great way to to share, um, you know, knowledge and value and, and everything like that. So, you know, not everyone, you know, wants to be a podcast host, so to speak, but, you know, the, you know, it is a great medium, but being interviewed on a podcast is for everybody, right? I think everybody needs to be yes. on them. So, but some people may not be the best interviewee on a podcast, especially when they're getting started. They're like, oh, maybe there's a fear. There's all these other things. So share with us, you know, for the people out there that are a little bit scared to get on podcasts or just people that have done it, but they want to get better. What tips 
can you give us to be a good interviewee on podcast? So going back to the idea of being the brand authority as we began this with, being interviewed on a podcast streaming show is the number one way to amplify yourself as a brand authority. I have whole coaching systems just on being a great interviewee. There are professional tips that you see on TV and other shows, and they are professionally trained to hit home run after home run after home run. If you learn those skills, you will elevate your game. And people want you on more podcasts. Your credibility will go up. Your books will sell faster. And you'll have that go-to authority. So a couple of really easy things here is some of what we've touched on before. But one of my biggest pet peeves, let me start with the biggest one, is you come to the end of the interview. They've done a great interview. And the host is wrapping up. Thanks for joining us. It was great to have you with us. What's your show school links? You can tell them what the links are. Thank you, Dr. Bob, for being with us here tonight. And they begin to segue to their information to close the whole show out. Dr. Bob, for some reason, has to come on one more time and say, that was great. Thanks for having me. And it blows the ending. I coach people when they ask you the social links and they're winding down, all you have to do is smile from that on point out. Just smile. Unless they ask you to say one final word, smile. Because they're wrapping it up and they're going to put a nice bow on it. They're going to elevate you one more time, amplify you out. You just need to smile because you've done your bit. When you talk over the host, it has an awkward crash to the end of a great event. And honestly, it irritates the host. <laughs> they're trying to do you a service, but you're blowing it for them. That's a big one. Learning how to talk in sound bites without having it be a sound bite. Learning how to storytell, but you know you have certain sound bites. That will always pop out of your mouth. People are looking for that short micro content. So to be on great interviews, another way to stand out for the crowd is know your sound bites, but know that you wove them into a natural story and somehow miraculously that super sound bite just happily popped out of you. Um, when, when people ask me about what do I think about the virtual stage as I hear the stage to stay or not, I always go into a little story and somewhere it drops in. The virtual stage is ever expanding. That soundbite has been grabbed over and over and over again. But you have to make it feel natural. And then really the other one is um, you need to engage with the host. They're driving the bus, not you. The only exception is sometimes the host doesn't know where they're going to go. And if this is not going where you want to, to have it be about your brand, your authority, your expertise, when they ask you a question that was way out of left field, Answer the question and then weave it back in to what you really want to talk about. Politicians do that all the time. <laughs> so you can steal that one from your local or, you know, kind of national political person. They know how to bring it back to the topic at hand. That's important with the podcast to always bring it back to the topic at hand. Those are just a couple. Yeah, amazing tips there. I loved all of them. Um, really powerful um, elements. And hopefully, like us, we're, we're good hosts and we ask the great questions to, to steer it. But you never know. Sometimes you're going to have those little things in your back pocket to... Um, hopefully, I won't talk over you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll tell soon enough, Rich. Uh, but no, nah, I'm sure we're going to end the show well today. And yeah, I think another key thing, especially for business owners, is about pitching a big deal. Because... They, they, you know, they want to go in, they need to sell themselves, right? In that that moment, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, you're meeting someone and things like that. And, and the way you present yourself is important when you're doing that because it's like that moment, right? Um, you know, taking sales out of this, but just how you're presenting it. So what 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 tips 
you know, thoughts around that do you have for us? I am not a hard sell guy, whether it's on the stage of any sorts. I'm rather a, I communicate that I am a coach and I have coaching programs. I communicate by illustrating a story of a client I work with or a project or a stage I was on. People naturally pick up on, oh, he's a coach. Oh, he's hosting podcasts for ever, other corporations and companies. Oh, he, he does that. I don't have to tell you, by the way, I have my program and it's 1995 and buy it over here. It, you, you don't need to do that. You need to just start talking about what you do and it illustrates you as that go-to expert. People will pick up on a natural, um, especially at the end. Often you feel that tension that, oh, I got to let them know I have a brand new course. I, I, I got to somehow drop it in. And it feels forced and everyone, including the host, feels ucky about it. They, they feel like, you just tried to sell me and I didn't want you to do that. It's like a bad slobbery kiss. So you, you weren't expecting it. So the idea is just be you. Go back to being that natural you. Let you and your authority and your content speak for you. And then if the host asks you, by the way, is there something you know that you want to mention? Is a course or special? Have a free PDF. Have a free gift. Have a lead magnet, but not a hard sell. Because then when they come to the lead magnet, they'll drive them to your website to learn more about what you do, let them go on the journey to learn about you without pushing for the sale. Yeah, love it. Awesome points there as well, mate. Really powerful. And, you know, we are both coaches. So I love to ask a question about, um, because all coaches need coaches at the same time. So um, as well as just generally, right, business owners and people out there, um, you know, is important. So how important has coaching mentoring been for you, um, you know, in business and life? And, and what's it helped you to achieve as well? So, I'm a big fan of mentorship, a huge fan of mentorship because it Im impacted me personally. Um, I've had formal mentor coaches and I've had informal ones that to this day don't know they coached me. Uh, and because I'm a constant reader, I'm a constant learner. So my pastor growing up was one of those people, highly influenced me and mentored me and poured into me when I had the stutter of, he was the first one to put me on stage. He said, you're going to go preach on Sunday morning during our youth Sunday service, and you're going up there. And I'm like, da, 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 da. I'm going to what? Uh, he was the first one to begin to speak into that. So it was really fun to have that. Um, broadcasting school, uh, coaches, mentors. Actually, Harry Carey from the Cubs baseball, Chicago Cubs, I listened to Harry Carey do Cubs baseball with a transistor radio in bed, even though my parents told me to go to bed. I would listen, and I would learn about broadcasting, how to paint a picture with a radio, and no one saw what's going on, but you would talk about the dugout, the breeze, the smell of the popcorn, how the batter's digging up, how far the base runner's leaning off. I got into sports broadcasting because of that, because of listening to a mentor, listening, eating up everything he taught. Um, storytelling, I learned from another pastor. I, I've never formally met him. I've seen him on stage, but his storytelling ability was so powerful. Uh, and it was a casual conversation storytelling I literally mimic and I picked up a lot of what he does uh, because I feel it's highly effective. I, yes, mentors are great. In fact, I'm just now beginning to work with an individual that I've known for years through the National Speakers Association. So that relationship now is blossoming into something more and we're doing some collaborative stuff. But it's also, he's taking on the role of that mentor. Uh, and I, I get to hang out with someone that is well above my pay grade in the speaking realm, but I also get to learn and work with them. So that side-by-side -side rubbing uh, is the best thing in the world. I highly, highly encourage anyone 
the best athletes in the world have a coach. Why don't you? Yeah. Love it, mate. Completely agree with all of that. I have multiple coaches and they've definitely, you know, create a shortcut, right, for us instead of trying to bumble around and work things out. You know, we can work together and think about things and get there quicker to enjoy our life or business more, what we want to be doing um, in, in life. And yeah, it's been a powerful show today, Rich. You've been dropping a lot of gold, um, which has been awesome. And just as we're wrapping up, what one key piece of advice would you like to give to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today? One of the biggest thing is have fun. This is meant to be informative, transformational. Yes, you can sell, but the best thing is have fun leveraging this media to your advantage. Again, way back to the beginning, I said, we well, spend thousands upon thousands of dollars and you might get lucky. You might have a 30 second commercial and you might have something happen. We now have free access to generate our own content Present it the way we want with our music, our style, our brand, our whatever. But you need to have fun doing it. I, I have so much fun doing what I get to do. It's it's energizing. But I know too many people are taking it too serious. They get too stressed out. They want to be perfect. Some of the best videos are the ones that it's the most chaotic, crazy, unscripted. It was real and authentic. No matter what, go out, have fun, and rock the stage. Yeah, awesome. Completely agree, everyone. Definitely have fun while you're doing it and you won't work a day in your life. Uh, you'll be enjoying it. That's the main thing there. And uh, love it, Rich. And yeah, we connected through our networks. So I learned about your awesome journey from, you know, being a sports announcer, TV host, um, to the host of NSA behind the scenes stage to, you know, now the CEO of Rock the Stage Media, where you help people, you know, hone their media skills and, and stand out from the crowd and be the go-to expert in their field as well. Uh, you know, you're an awesome guy, you know, very knowledgeable with a lot of wisdom, and I'm sure you continue to help people share their message with the world. Uh, I'm very grateful that we connected, and I look forward to working with you. So, Rich, how can people find you and get in contact with you? That's where they contact me is rich at richbontrager.net. That goes directly to me. I still take all my own e email. I'm very passionate. That's one of my values. I want to know what's coming in and who I'm in touch with and what I can do for people. I'm a servant at heart. That's the number one way to do it. And you can go to rockstagemedia.com, learn more about the overall company, how we serve, how we coach, the services we offer, like book launch parties, uh, and just go there and ask any questions. Happy to back you up and serve you and help you. Awesome, guys. Definitely check out Richie's email and website there and um, powerful stuff if you want to take yourself to that next level by rocking the stage. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. And please like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. And if you want to grow and scale your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. And I completely agree with you. Or do I? The only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.